Welcome to I'll Be Dashed, a Woodhouse podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Scott. And we are a father and daughter duo who are exploring the works of P.G. Woodhouse. Uh, This week we'll be going over My Man G's, which is the uh, first book to mainly feature uh, G's and Worcester. They do appear in one short story uh before extricating gussie which appears in the uh, man with two left feet and other stories but that story is a little bit different than most of the jeeves stories that we have jeeves appears in it but he doesn't really play a part in the story he only says like two sentences and Worcester doesn't you know go to him for any help in it at all it's not until one of the stories that we're going to be going over soon uh leave it to jeeves that uh, Jeeves actually plays a part. Mm-hmm. So that explains why we didn't start with that then. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of starting with that, I, I kind of wanted to go over real quickly, you know, uh, the process by which I pick these books. Yeah. Cause I, I think some people might eventually, if they're not already get a little confused, they're like, Oh, they're not just sticking with like Blanding's castle or, or anything like that. So. Yeah. With a lot of authors, uh, I might have gone in chronological order according to the publication. But to be fair to uh, Sir Woodhouse. Uh, is he a sir? He is a sir. Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool. His books started uh, with probably a dozen books. There were school stories, which in I'll be there they were set in uh, a school oh okay i i didn't know like if it was like boys and oh, okay i didn't know if it was like uh sort of like fairy tales like they're 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 stories that you no, teach kids in no, schools with like a moral like a boarding oh, okay. school oh okay and to be fair i haven't read many of them yet but also they're at the beginning of his career they're probably not as good as some of his later work so i wanted to mix it up so that we could you know spread it out a little bit so that we're not just reading like 10 school stories in a row before we get to anything else with a lot of his book you could pretty much read them in any order no matter what series you're in if you read the seventh jeeves and worcester book and then read the third one you're not really going to be missing a lot, but for a lot of the series, I kind of wanted to do them in order. So I mix them up with some of the standalone books. And there are some books that we have to read beforehand. Like we can't read the second Blanding's castle book until we read the Smith books, because Smith is a character who appears in the second Blanding's castle. Okay. So I feel like we're doing a a thing where we're like weaving in and out, sort of like a a Jeremy Bear Me kind of thing. A a little bit. I mean, I'm trying not to uh, make it too confusing, but I don't want to have characters who play a significant role in the book Mm -hmm. appear with a previous history without us having gone to them first. Now, there are some characters that we may encounter later, Mm -hmm. but they don't 
play a huge role. So it's not as necessary that we have gone over their history. So mm-hmm. our next uh, book that we will be reading is Hot Water, which is a standalone novel. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, I kind of wanted to go over uh, a little bit about Jeeves and Worcester and Reggie Pepper. Mm-hmm. Now, this book contains eight short stories. Four of them are Jeeves and Worcester, and four of them are Reggie Pepper. Reggie Pepper uh, stories are written between, I believe, in 1911 and 1915. There's a total of seven stories, four of them which appear in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Pepper is pretty much the prototype for Bertie Wooster. Okay. You use um, the prequel to Wooster? In some ways. And we'll go over it as we go in the stories. But you can kind of see some similarities. Yeah. I, I, could, I remember in the first Reggie Pepper story that popped up, because they don't actually say Reggie until like a couple pages in. So I was like, oh, this is just another Wooster story because there's no other indication. And then it's like, I'm Reggie Pepper. I'm like, who the hell is Reggie Pepper? <laughs> yeah. So um, interestingly enough, Jeeves' first name is Reggie, which we don't find out for Spoiler. a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I've ruined everything for you. Everybody. Like, we might as well now stop. We dad. might as well stop now, dad. Like, <laughs> but there are also there are 30 short stories and 11 novels that are in the uh, Jeeves pantheon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I, think, I think pantheon's a good word. <laughs> uh, Worcester is the narrator of all of them, except for one short story, which is narrated by Jeeves. And, I can't wait till we get to that one. <laughs> I think that'll be fascinating. In one novel, which is written in the third person, in which Worcester does not appear, although he is mentioned. Mm. Okay. So, but that's much further along. Based on uh, <laughs> the uh, the schedule I have, we won't be seeing that book in the year 2023. <laughs> yeah, Dad has a five-year plan for us, so I hope everyone's well, buckled in. five-year plan, but considering how much... Uh, Woodhouse is written, um, and we are not going to try to force us to read books that quickly. I mean, you're mm-hmm. if we read 18 books a year, that's yeah, that's about a five year plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, we want to go ahead and start with the first short story in the book, which is Leave It to Jeeves. Yeah, so we'll give like a, a brief synopsis of each story. And each story is a, roughly about like 25 pages, um, yeah, if that, are, quite honestly. Most of them are shorter. The The longest one was uh, The Ant and the Sluggard, which yeah. was longer than all the other ones. Yeah. But um, Leave it to Jeeves uh, was published in 1916. Bertie Worcester who uh, is essentially in exile in New York City based on self-imposed. <laughs> well, based on the events uh, in extricating Gussie, uh, he's decided that it's better. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because, so, so sorry, I totally cut you off. But Wooster alludes to the events, I guess, that happened in extricating Gussie. 
that have left his like self-imposed exile in New York because he's avoiding the the wrath of his aunt, pretty much. Yes. Um, but there there's no other information given, so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we're not like gonna talk about that. But I, it's because it already happened. Yes, it and already happened. Already that, that short story. So okay. he he stays in New York City for a while beyond this book, mm-hmm. basically to stay away from his aunt Agatha. He meets his friend Corky, who is a portrait portrait artist. Yes. Except of course he hasn't done any portraits because to be a portrait artist, you need the people to hire oh, you to do a portrait, which you have to have drawn portraits to be able to do. Yeah, so it seems very it seems like a very ineffective uh, business plan. Well, that's pretty much the way. <laughs> <laughs> hiring people works in America right now. We need people with experience. If in you order to get experience, experience, you need to hire people. <laughs> but so, Corky, like a lot of people that you will see in uh, Woodhouse's short stories and novels, depends on an uncle. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have a a question. Mentioning, you know, talking about all the other uh, people who sort of guest spot in these short stories. Is I'm wondering, like, so many people end up coming to Wooster for advice on their problems, which is which is the basis of all of these stories. And I don't need to spoiler. To I mean, we don't care about spoilers. We're talking about the whole thing, but. <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler to say that like Jeeves ends up solving the problem. So I guess I'm wondering like, why are they coming to Wooster? Like, was he some genius and now he's letting Jeeves take over? Cause he doesn't seem like it, but I, I guess I'm wondering like, why is everyone coming to Wooster for, with their problems? Is that ever talked well, about? It, it, it is kind of covered. Some people come to Wooster because they know that Jeeves will. Okay. Solve the problem. Okay, fair. Um, you'll you'll see that a lot of people come to Worcester because Worcester will help people. Oh yeah, Worcester's a great friend. Even people who do not treat him well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We will get into that, that quite a lot. Yeah, we'll get into it, that. I have thoughts about one in particular that made me want to go after him with the hatchet. On this book. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Bertie meets Corky, who introduces him to his fiance, Muriel Singer. Corky wants to get the approval of his uncle so that the uncle doesn't stop the allowance. Bertie automatically goes, let's bring it to Jeeves. Jeeves will know what to do. Mm-hmm. Jeeves suggests that Bertie finances a book under Muriel's name. Uh, ghostwritten by another writer Mm -hmm. about the uncle's favorite topic, which happens to be birds. Birds. (laughs) He's at, uh, the uncle has actually written a book himself about birds. Jeeves uh, suggests that he, she writes a book about the uncle's favorite topic and allude to him quite a bit Mm -hmm. in the book. Flattery is everything. Yes. So Birdie pays for this. <laughs> because of course he does. And then months later runs into Muriel, who it turns out has married the uncle. Yeah. And um, which I think is where you're going next. 
has a kid and hires Corky to paint a portrait of the child that she had with his uncle. Yes. <laughs> Which Corky needing money and not wanting to upset his uncle does so. Yes. But the result is bad. Uh, yeah, not great. Um, yeah, like it. I they they don't really describe what was so bad about it, but everyone's reaction is just like that is a horrific painting of a child. <laughs> and then the so so Bertie's over there. He he sees you know the painting. Everyone agrees that it's bad, and Corky admits that his uncle is is on his way to to see the painting of his child. <laughs> um child yeah <laughs> i wish i knew what was so bad about it they they don't go into an, he doesn't go into enough detail which is fine well, i guess another spoiler alert woodhouse doesn't appear to be fond of children either so <laughs> so i'm sure the the boy was ugly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes the uncle comes sees it blows his stack Cuts off his allowance and tell him he has to come to work at, I forget where he was working, but he had to come work for the uncle. Yeah, it was some, like, administrative thing? Yes. Yeah. Well, starting at the bottom, mm -hmm. which Corky does not want to do. Bertie turns to Jeeves, mm -hmm. who suggests that Corky bring the drawing to an editor of mm -hmm. the newspaper. So, in publish it in the comic section basically which corky does um and that that's where the uh short story ends yeah so as, as this was your first time reading mm -hmm. a Jude story what did you think about this story so i didn't take a lot of notes on this one i, I started taking notes like halfway through um but <laughs> i remember really liking jeeves and how he he spoke in this one um i think it's i think it's the next one that i find him really really funny for a thing but I, i'll mention that in a second but i also remember having thought i'm like i can't tell if jeeves is trying to be funny or if he's just that dry and i'm taking it as humor i i think you'll see from the two books that you've read that you know dry humor is something that Woodhouse is pretty good at. Oh yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal at it. I just as far as the character, I don't know if Jeeves is doing it intentionally. That, that is questionable. Okay. His attitude is common for Woodhouse butler. Mm -hmm and valets which okay. if people don't know the difference between a butler and a valet the butler basically takes care of the house the valet takes care of a person so yeah uh, jeeves is Bertie's valet or valet mm -hmm. as i would say in american but since i've listened to so many audiobooks <laughs> i cannot help but say valet yeah valet Valet sounds so wrong but i haven't i haven't and i most likely won't listen to woodhouse on audiobook um so to me it's still ballet but <laughs> <laughs> one of the questions i had what do you think do you believe that jeeves was 
sure that Muriel would marry the uncle, or did he just think that it was a possibility? Hmm. Because something you've only read four G short stories so far. Yeah. But I've seen Jeeves described as Machiavellian. Um, okay. And I Not quite the vibe that I, I would ascribe to, I but I've only read think, him four times. <laughs> I tend to think of Jeeves as kind of utilitarian. Mm. Uh, mm. Basically, I'm sure you know what it means, but it's basically that the result Mm-hmm. is the thing not so much the means yeah, not, not how you get there. well so something that was in my head because i did like google jeeves and wooster i don't remember why but i did and i saw that there had been like a show with uh hugh laurie as jeeves stephen fry yes and stephen fry yes stephen fry was wooster stephen fry was jeeves oh you probably think of Hugh Laurie from House, so you can yeah, imagine but... him as Worcester. But and I've only watched part of one episode. Both of them, yeah, fit the roles. Okay, okay. So I, because I didn't, I didn't look too much into it because I'm trying to go in with as you know blank slate as possible. So when I saw the picture, I just sort of, I put Hugh Laurie as Jeeves. And so that's. <laughs> I do suggest you at least start. Okay. The first episode of that you can find okay. it on YouTube, um, if okay. you want, and and then just think about that statement you just made. <laughs> okay. Because, like I said, I've only watched part of that first episode because yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't really want to. I I will probably watch in the future, but I I don't want to watch it right now. Sure. Because of the podcast we're doing, each of them fit their character perfectly. So for okay. you to say Hugh Laurie <laughs> was Jeeves, okay. Like, well, I mean, uh, and, and and you're you're right. Like most of my exposure to Hugh Laurie is is as House, and then his like guest spot on Friends. Um, and I don't remember why I brought the show up, but I was going somewhere with it. You, you, you looked up Jeeves and Worcester. Oh, okay. So yes, okay, that's where I was going. So I I picture Hugh I picture Jeeves as as Hugh Laurie in my head. And so because my exposure to that actor is through house and through his like guest spot on friends, it's this very, you know, dry English sort of sort of sense of humor and way of talking. And it it I guess utilitarian. <laughs> I I I'm completely blank. You tell your t- you utilitarianism. That one um, is, I think, probably the an accurate way to to s- describe Jeeves. I think where I sort of feel like he thought it was a, a possibility, not a certainty, but a possibility he was willing to go along with because it, it had the end result that would be the most favorable. Yeah. And that's how I, I view House as well. And so it, that's why I'm picturing Hugh Laurie, but now I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, the, the, four short, the four short stories that we have in this book, except for one, which we will go in, are relatively painless for Worcester. 
Um, okay. Comparably. Oh, okay. That um, sounds um, concerning. Jeeves' help often results... Goes awry? It often results in a lot of uh, either embarrassment or loss of money or humiliation for Worcester. Oh. Uh, I, I will say, and I know we <laughs> I know we are trying to focus on like one short story at a time, but overarching, I really enjoy Wooster. And that's mainly because I like with Freddie, I think he's a lovable idiot. And he I think he's smarter than Freddie. I, I will say that. I think <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I think they're both I think they're both lovable idiots. <laughs> I feel like you're going to break my heart. <laughs> well, one, Worcester is my favorite character okay. in Woodhouse. Okay. I love Worcester, and I am very defensive for Worcester. He's <laughs> not the smartest character, which he readily admits. I mean, yeah. he knows himself very well. Yeah. Um, I say that, and I... I, I Worcester reminds me of you, not in the uh, intelligence level. You're a very intelligent person. You're saying this in front of our 10 listeners. <laughs> and you said it was 11 listeners. It was 11. I was rounded down. Um, <laughs> My old father saying I'm a lovable idiot, pretty much. I, I'm not saying the intelligent part, but one, the willingness to help people. Sure. Yeah. Um, the occasional lapse in common sense. <laughs> but also, I think he's smarter than both he and other people giving credit for. Sometimes, yes, he's just like complete. I don't think he's dumb. I just think he lacks common sense a lot of time. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it shouldn't be surprising then that I do love the characters that I describe as lovable idiots because apparently they remind me of myself. Now, Gene, I appreciate, but you know, he's not one of my favorite characters. Sure. Uh, in a large part because I am very defensive for Birdie. Sure. I did have another question because this, so um, for anyone who didn't listen to our first episode, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about the books that I read. And as I was reading My Man Jeeves, I, I talked about that in my vlog. And I was trying to describe Jeeves in terms of, like, his role in humor. So, like, I know he's not a straight man, but what what would he be then? Mm. And for those that don't know what a straight man is, can you describe it? Because I suck at it. Oh, well, a straight man basically just uh, responds to the craziness around him and is often the wall on which people are able to bounce their humor and craziness off of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the clearest uh, definition is pretty much, and I can't remember which, no, if you've ever seen the Who's on First with mm -hmm. Abbott and Costello, mm -hmm. And I think I think it's Costello, whichever one is the uh, skinny tall one is a straight man. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I no, I don't, I wouldn't classify him as a straight man. Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily what I would. Okay. 
classify him as, but he's the, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't okay. know how to describe okay. that, him. That's fine. It was just something that, like, I was, I was talking, you know, while I was filming, and I'm just like, that's not what he would be, but I can't, I, one, I don't know about, like, the structure of comedy well enough um, to really ascribe anything to Jeeves, but it was just one of the things where I'm like, I know he's not that. <laughs> well, I would say there is some straight man uh, qualities to him because mm-hmm. his responses allow Birdie to say something else, which mm-hmm. is humorous. Mm-hmm. So sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the straight man and then he's the uh, deus ex machina, which, you know, solves the problem. Of yeah. Birdie story eventually <laughs> eventually yeah um okay was there so was there anything else about leave it to jeeves that we wanted um, to talk about i will mention that this is the first appearance it a phrase you will hear a lot with me in reference to woodhouse uh short stories and books but this is the first p- appearance of a disagreement about clothing Okay, that's what I was trying to remember if it was this one or the next story that that happened in. There's one, this one definitely had a disagreement about uh, clothing. Yeah, Um, I think it was just like a little mention, though. I don't think it was like an actual disagreement. There, I believe the the next one with the unbidden guest, I believe there was another one. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was another one with clothing, yes. Which is why uh, Jeeves is reluctant to help Birdie at first because of the disagreement. Because yeah. Jeeves holds a grudge sometimes. Yeah, so that that was what I was going to bring up when we got to the second one. Because I, like I said, I feel like this one has just like a mention of like a previous disagreement. I think the next one has an actual disagreement where they, they both have like feelings. And so I really <laughs> enjoyed like... Jeeves being essentially a petty little bitch. Um, <laughs> that that's true. I was I was actually trying to be nicer because I tend to get, like I said, I get defensive on Birdie's behalf. Yeah, no, I I thought it was really hilarious how Jeeves is like, you can't wear that, and Birdie's like, well, I'm gonna wear it, and Jeeves is like, all right, well, I'm gonna give you the silent treatment. <laughs> exactly, and, and there's there's a reason for that, of course, mm-hmm. because. If there's a disagreement between Birdie and Jeeves, mm-hmm. and Jeeves will not necessarily jump in right away and fix the problem, mm-hmm. which as an author, you wouldn't want, uh, all right, two pages in, we're done, we're good. Yeah. So I do think that Woodhouse kind of relied on it a bit too much, mm-hmm. and then he moved away from it, which I was really happy about. But, you know, yeah. like I mean, in this I one, Oh, I was just gonna, I think in all four of the the Wooster and Jeeves stories, there's at least a mention of a, a clothing disagreement. I think in the other three, there are like an actual disagreement. Yeah, uh, I I think one of them wasn't clothing, but it was because of him trying to grow a mustache. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, a mustache, and and Jeeves was almost physically pained yes, seeing that it. Will not be the first, only time that there is a facial hair issue. I love it. I love it so much. It made me so happy. I couldn't stop smiling. 
I did have on here, and I don't know why looking upon it, but like talking about commentary about who's the boss of the household. And it's like, I don't even know why I even want to discuss that because there's not really any question. Yeah. Like, why, why would you even write that? that I don't know. That it's Jeeves. <laughs> Obviously, Jeeves. Well, and, of course, and I think accepts it. And I, I think that that's the case for actually i mean i i'm obviously making a huge assumption here but what i know of english gentry <laughs> like I, I think that's actually how it was most of the time is that like the person who is actually in charge would be the the butler or the or the valet or, or something like yeah the the upper class family lives there but they're, they're not actually like in charge of the house mm-hmm. they don't actually make you know those sorts of decisions. Birdie doesn't even really get to make any decisions that stick with his clothing. So yeah, and like I mean, obviously I'm making a huge assumption. I wasn't alive, you know, then. <laughs> I, I wasn't either. Just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, my dad is like secretly over a hundred years old. Yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> I was not around in 1916 when this was written. <laughs> you weren't. No. <laughs> you lovable idiot. <laughs> Great. My my new nickname is going to be Birdie. <laughs> um, was there anything else that you uh, want to say about this short story or question no, you had about it? No, I think that in terms of the stories, like this one was a good intro, I think, but it, it wasn't like I wouldn't say it was my favorite. Um, it's not that it's not that I didn't like it. I, I did like it, but I think that there are other ones that I enjoyed more. So I I don't have a lot of other things right. to say about it. I I, I think of the <laughs> stories in this book that actually my favorite might not even be a a Jeeves and Worcester story. It may be a Reggie Pep Reggie Pepper story. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to reflect on that at the end after we're done discussing them. Sure. Okay. Oh. So the second story is Jeeves and the Unbidden Guest. Yes. Which is written in 1917. Bertie and Jeeves have a disagreement about clothing again. (laughs) According to Bertie, Jeeves is unsympathetic throughout the story because of this disagreement. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of Aunt Agatha's friends, Lady Malvern, and I apologize if I mispronounce her. She comes in drops her son Maudie off with uh, Bertie as she goes on a tour around, around America for a book that she's writing. Mm-hmm. As soon as his mother is gone, Maudie, who his mother believes to be a stay-at-home type, goes nuts and is out at the clubs every night. <laughs> Bertie is concerned because he will be held responsible for Maudie's actions. Jeeves, again, is unsympathetic and offers no assistance. <laughs> Maudie brings home a doggie as one, and Birdie decides to go stay with a friend for a while after the dog attacks him. Attacks him, basically. Whereas Jeeves is able to calm the dog like with no issue. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's one of the reasons why Birdie is one of my favorite characters, and Jeeves, who I like. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I dislike Jeeves. Yeah, but it's hard to feel empathy with Jeeves because he never really faces any trials. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. 
in comparison, like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> but I think in I think in the last one, he he has a, a a couple moments of being like flabbergasted, which I think is a trial for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> again, as Bertie has mentioned uh, several times, you know, you 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 can't really make G's reaction like mm-hmm. his, his huge reaction is like lifting an eyebrow. True. Yeah. That's him being flabbergasted. Yeah. I don't know. I I just really I just really enjoy his how unflappable he is. Oh yeah, and I'm not saying that I dislike that. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know relating to Jeeves is more difficult than relating to Bernie because we've That's, all yeah. been we've Bernie. all been Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeeves goes to stay uh with the friend for a while. Actually a friend that appears later in another short story that we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. When he comes back it turns out that Madi has been arrested for assaulting a police officer. This will not be the first time this occurs in Woodhouse. <laughs> Punching policemen is apparently quite a common practice back in the 1910s. I'm just saying. So Jeeves comes up with the idea of saying that Madi is in Boston, but when Lady Malvin returns, it turns out that she has actually seen Madi. Jeeves then explains that Bertie had been gone and did not know that, according to Jeeves, Madi had gone to prison voluntarily to assist with his mother's research. Mm-hmm. Lady Malvern thanks them and leaves, and Bertie thanks Jeeves for coming up with that story and volunteers to give up the clothing, including a pink tie, which, yeah, I guess I could agree with Jeeves <laughs> on that one. I just, and- I really want to, like, I, I think I need to, like, Google this like clothing phrasing so i have a better idea of like what the clothing I, I would, looks like yes i don't and i don't know if it actually happens but i would suggest because a lot of the uh cheese and worcester uh bbc series are mm-hmm. based on these short stories so mm-hmm. they may actually have they might actually have it yeah the clothing that appears <laughs> in these birdie asked jeeves if he'd like anything else in thanks and Jeeves asked for $50 as it turns out he bet Madi that he wouldn't punch a cop and Bertie gives him $100 instead so uh, any thoughts on the story I mean I do like how at the end it seemed like Madi getting arrested was part of Jeeves plan and it, it seems like that. I don't know if it actually was. I don't but... think it was part of his initial plan, no. <laughs> but I, I think Jeeves is also a little bit of an opportunist. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think otherwise, you know, it was it was a good story. I appreciated seeing Birdie a little more, like, out of sorts. It, and I, I know he, he gets out of sorts in all of them pretty much, but this one, he's just like, he doesn't understand Madi. Yeah. And it, it was, it was amusing to read pretty much. Yeah. This one more than uh, leave the Jeeves kind of shows how people treat Bertie because mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave my kid with you. Oh, oh, he's like, 
in his early 20s. So Yeah, he's like 23 or something. But still, yeah. I mean. And, and they just expect him to do that. And that will yeah. be something else that we'll have to get used to. And it's just like, that's one of the things that I get frustrated at Bertie about as a character is he just lets people walk over him. And mm. it's just like, and that's another reason why I kind of think Jeeves isn't as nice a person as he may seem. Oh, no. I mean, I I don't think Jeeves is as nice as Bertie thinks he is. (laughs) Like, I I definitely wouldn't say that. I I don't know. Like I said, I think Jeeves is an opportunist, which is not a bad thing. Yes. And what you will definitely see when we get to the short story that he narrates. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't think I don't know. I don't think that he's necessarily a bad person, but Mm-mm. as you said, he's an opportunist. And yeah. Now a question I had, and I don't remember exactly why it came to me particularly for this story. Mm-hmm. But do you think that Birdie is a reliable narrator? Huh. I think so. I guess I, I didn't. I didn't really have any reason to to yeah, not think that, that that that's the thing you have to think about a lot when you have a first person. It's like okay, sure. well, this person being honest. I actually I agree with you. I think that mm-hmm. as far as him being truthful, yeah, I believe he is. He may misremember things sometimes, but yeah, yeah, I do think that uh, that he's generally reliable. Mm-hmm. Once again, Bertie is is very uh, admiring of Jeeves, both for his intelligence and his bravery with dogs. Do you have any other... I... The story is fine. It's fine. It's one of of those ones where I didn't really like Madi. Yeah, I... Like, a lot. Like, it's one of those things that's like... Uh, you know, like when a when an actor appears, and you're like, "Oh God, can this actor just go away so I can enjoy what's going yeah. on?" That's kind of what he was like. I just, mm-hmm. I we will encounter other characters who are like annoying people, mm-hmm. but they weren't necessarily annoying to me within the scope of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't like you i don't like reading about you <laughs> so i was like yay he's in jail now yeah they can do stuff there and it's just like yeah it was yeah no, i agree i didn't necessarily like Madi. i felt like it was obviously it was a, this was intentional but i felt like it was just a really hard shift that we didn't actually see from this like dull idiot boy who's literally drooling when we first meet him yeah to this like wild party man like and that that ha- that shift happens off screen and i understand why but it was just like oh 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 okay yeah and it's also not like he's leading a double life apparently mm-hmm. he has not been able to yeah like this was his first opportunity. yeah like so. this was his first opportunity to to live life to its fullest and he he took it which is fine but it, like i said like it's just one of those things where it's like it's very sudden um and it surprised birdie too so i like i yeah. said like i know it was intentional but it was also just like yeah all right 
and I feel like I'll be saying this a lot, spoiler warning, you will actually encounter worse characters, a couple of the who are related to Birdie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't fond of his cousins. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, I we're entering the era in, in within this book now that I actually took notes. So <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the next story is Jeeves and the Hard Boiled Egg, which was written in 1917. Birdie's friend Bicky asks for help with Bicky's uncle. And I'm not saying Bicky's full name because, like with a lot of Woodhouse names, they're kind of hard to pronounce for me. They have a lot of <laughs> syllables and they're just ridiculous names. Right, hold on. I want to take a I want to take a stab at it, but I need to find it. So I don't know if they say his actual full name, but his his surname is Bickersteth. Yeah. But I don't know if they say his first name. Yeah, Bicky Bickersteth. I I I, I some of the first names that appear because I know uh, when we encounter Monty later, I believe, mm-hmm. like his name is. Also, do you have you noticed? I'm sure you've noticed, but I feel they need to point out that no matter what. All the char- all the male characters except Jeeves, their nicknames end with an E. <laughs> Birdie, Reggie, Vicky, Monty. In this, yes, but uh, <laughs> one of one of Birdie's main friends is Bingo Little. So, oh. you know, all right. It was just something I noticed. I'm like, is that just a thing? Like, I, I know, like, obviously, nicknames are a thing. It names ending with E is a thing. And that's fine, well, but Ryan, I was just like are members of the drones club, which he doesn't really talk much about here because obviously yeah. it's in England. But yeah. yeah, some of them will have similar names. Okay. So anyway, uh Bicky asked for his help uh because his uh uncle is giving him an allowance. And... Oh, this is the friend that doesn't want to ask to borrow money. Yes. This yeah. this is uh, he he will ask for help, but he will not accept money. Yeah. So his uncle is coming to visit, and he wants to impress his uncle. So Jeeves suggests that they pretend like he is living at Birdie's and that it's his house. Mm-hmm. So the uncle thinks Bicky is doing so well that he's prosperous enough to survive on his own and cuts him off. Another one of those ones is like, did Jeeves see this? Or is he yeah. just going for that end result? Jeeves then comes up with the plan of having men sh- pay to shake hands at BC with Bicky's uncle, who is a Duke. Jeeves sets up a meeting with 87 men from Birdsburg, Missouri. <laughs> that plan also goes completely when the men start to question about question him if he's really a duke which real makes the uh, uncle realize that he's being used mm-hmm. uh geez finally suggests that bicky sell the story of what happened to a newspaper and the mm-hmm. uncle not wanting to have any type of controversy agrees to pay bicky to prevent this mm-hmm. this is the story in which uh birdie was growing a mustache oh. which is so offensive to jeeves uh, at the end 
of the story and thanks for G's help, Bertie agrees to allow it to be shaved off. Yes. <laughs> um, Jeeves does say in here also that he didn't uh, anticipate the uncle taking away the allowance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether or not he was being honest about that or not, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I I will also mention that one of Biggie's uh, schemes mm-hmm. was oh, the chicken thing, the eggling scheme. It actually comes up in another. It, it's it's a basis of a book, Love Among <laughs> the Chickens. So, I I thought it was so funny. We kept talking about the chickens and all the eggs and how they would lead to more chickens, and he would make so much money because <laughs> he he goes on this like mini rant about it like three times. I think. <laughs> and not 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 only does it come up in Love Among the Chicken. Something like it comes up uh, in another short story with Ukridge, who you haven't encountered yet, mm-hmm. who also was in Love Among the Chickens, but it has to deal with uh, cats and mice. Okay. Practically so, pays for itself. Of course. So I, I had a couple things. And this is me sort of just like having fun with language that has now become dated or the meaning has completely changed um because so one of the sentences and i'm just going to read it and then i'm going to talk about the part that made me underline it and put question marks around it besides he was a frightful chump so we naturally drifted together and while we were taking a quiet snort in a corner that wasn't all cluttered up with artists and sculptors and whatnot he furthermore endeared himself to me by a most extraordinarily gifted imitation of a bull terrier chasing a cat up a tree two things (laughs) one which is not the part that i underlined but is fascinating woodhouse seems to have a particular love for people imitating animals doing odd things because in something fresh there is also conversation about someone being able to well and ash did it able to imitate cats fighting so interesting (laughs) That also will occur again in other stories. I sort of assume it, it shows up in this book again. Yeah. Because I underlined it. I'm like, what? Why does this keep happening? He, so, he does have common tropes that he uses throughout. And that's and that's totally fine. You know, you have your austere thing. I have my imitations of animals. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> the part that I underlined, the the language part. Yes. Was Taking a quiet snort, because I know through context clues that, like, maybe a, a just a quiet sit, a, maybe a nap, maybe something else. But my first thought went to cocaine. I was thinking drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't think that they were doing cocaine. Well, I'm just like, you know, early 1900s, I'm not, you know, tossing that theory out the window. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where I'm like, Okay, I really did read that. Yeah. (laughs) You also have to, not only Woodhouse, but Mm -hmm. Birdie sometimes has his own way with language. Oh, yeah. Which most of the time I find delightful until I get confused. Like, he'll have uh, Jeeves make him a BNS. BNS. Yeah. Yeah. Bourbon and soda, but. Oh, yeah. And he'll he'll just like 
abbreviate words for whatever reason. Sure. So yeah. Not only does Woodhouse have his own things, mm-hmm. but Birdie within Woodhouse has his own things. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So that was just a little thing that I I <laughs> was amused by more than anything. I knew that Woodhouse probably wasn't referring to cocaine, but no. <laughs> I I do not believe. Well, I won't say that. There there is no explicit recreational drug use. <laughs> okay. Because I was about to say there's no drug use, but there are knockout drops use. Sure. In, so sure. yeah. Um, one of the other notes that I made was mainly just when Vicky is going on about, you know, not wanting to be like a, a, a rancher or something. And he makes a comment about how he, if he were to become a rancher, he would have had to ride horses. And he says, I hate horses. They bite at you. And I just wrote, Dad must like Bicky because you don't like horses. Well, <laughs> I will just say the horses and I do not get along. Mm, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was just a little a little <laughs> note that I write. I'm like, Dad must like this character. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I do like Bicky more for his unwillingness to accept money. That is a change. Yes. <laughs> Although, of course, Bertie tries to slip him some money. Yeah. Without him knowing. Yeah. It's a good thing that Bertie is rich because he just throws money, man. He, he, I wouldn't say he throws money around, but he, he is way too free with it with his friends, quote unquote, friends. Yeah. Because there's not really a story here yet where he hasn't put up money for his friends or Mm -hmm. tried to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the notes that I had about that story. (laughs) Um, I I thought it was, it was a good Mm -hmm. story. It's not, none of these I think are really among the best of the the Jeeves stories. Mm -hmm. I I think probably of them, probably the ant and the sluggard would be closer than these three. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that will be a lovely we'll, we'll, No, that will be a really fun one to talk about. Because <laughs> now no one can see my face, but I just gave Dad a look that he, like he was crazy. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, before I, we I get... think I will say I think of, of all the Jeeves and Worcester stories that I read, which is now four, I, I would say <laughs> I would say this one with Vicky was probably my favorite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to the next Worcester story, we have. Yeah, before, first... before we get to that, we need to go through all the Reggie Pepper ones. <laughs> uh, Reggie Pepper, uh, Absent Treatment, written in 1911. As I stated previously, Reggie is Birdie before Birdie came along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And without Jeeves, there's no. There, there, there's, there's no, no real valid, no butler, no anything. It's there just, is there is one valid in one of the stories, but it's it's not a common thing. I think. Yeah. It, okay. When I say, I mean a helpful one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I apologize for not because you whatever you may think of Jeeves, eventually he's a helpful one. Yeah. No. No. I I agree, but I just wanted to to be clear. There is a valid. In one of the stories, but that doesn't mean that he's great. (laughs) Okay. 
So uh, Reggie's friend Bobby has quite the forgetful memory, so much so that on the night of his first anniversary with his wife, he invites Reggie to dinner, um, which did not make the wife happy, understandably. Well, especially uh, because Bobby had, had told the wife that they had plans to like go out and like to the theater or something like that, like to to a big thing, and and. Reggie even makes has a thought when he goes over for dinner. He's like, "Oh, she looks wonderful. She's all dressed up. This was how she dresses every day." And and then finds out later that like, no, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> Bobby tries to remember things, but it would eventually forget until it comes to the point where his wife left home with the note that he could find her with the hint of what her birthday was. Uh, eventually, with Reggie's assistance, he is able to do so, and this takes quite a while. Quite a while. Well, yeah. went on for a very long time. Yes. It turns out that Reggie and the wife were working together on this. And I, it doesn't really stay, or at least I didn't see it, which one of them actually came up with the plan. Oh, I think Reggie did. That's what I think too. Although I don't, I don't remember saying this specifically. Because, but, because oh, I, I, I do think it does. Yeah. Cause I, I underlined it. It's the second to last page and it says, when um, Reggie is talking to the wife on the phone and telling her that, that Bobby remembered, she, she's, she's getting upset and he's trying to defend himself. And he says, but I say, when I suggested the thing, you thought it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was Reggie's idea. Reggie comes up with the plan, um, but the wife is now angry with Reggie for not providing comfort to Bobby. Mm -hmm. She is cold to him. Ever since. Ever after that. Yeah. Which, that brings up a couple of things it's like mm -hmm. i mean I, I i was very sympathetic towards her at the beginning of the story and then like not at all at the end because yeah. it's like this man helped you with your marriage and you just yeah like and it was it was more more of that like okay you both agreed to manipulate bobby which like that wasn't great <laughs> i wasn't a super big fan of that but well, that, that's a jeeves approach that's like the end sure justify the means sure yeah and, and that sort of thing i'm like okay yeah you both did that i don't agree with that but i understand why it happened but when she in turn got upset at reggie for manipulating her husband and then not like comforting him even though reggie was there the entire time helping bobby remember when she did that i was just like Dude, you got what you wanted. You can't just be like, no, this wasn't what I really wanted. This wasn't how I wanted it to happen. Like, then you could have come back at any time. No one was holding you hostage. Yeah. I mean, her being upset initially, fine. Um, yeah, but holding a grudge for like ever. <laughs> especially since the end result was good for her. Was Yeah, it, it accomplished what she wanted so yeah i i felt i will say i i don't like reggie as much as i like birdie um so i'm yeah. glad that eventually birdie took over <laughs> well and i will also say but I, I did feel defensive for him in in this story oh def definitely at the end result mm -hmm. it's like i mean it, <laughs> he was looking out for you and your marriage is better together because <laughs> Or what he did but the other thing about the story that really sticks out mm -hmm. this reggie 
is not the same Reggie that's in the next three stories. Mm, that's yeah. another reason why you know I couldn't be sh- be sure to remember that he came up with a plan because mm-hmm. when you go through over the next three stories, mm-hmm. the guy who came up with this plan is not in those stories. I agree with that. Um, yeah, he's he's more calculating in this one. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's it's, not in others. It may be calculating, but it was a smart plan. It was, it, it was it, absolutely. It and worked. The red pepper of the next three stories is dumber than Birdie. <laughs> yeah, he is. And, but which is is funny because I, I already said I don't like Reggie as much as I like Birdie, and I said at the top of the episode that I love lovable idiots. So you would think I would like Reggie, but I, but I don't know. He do, he does. He doesn't come across as lovable. He also doesn't come across as there's an innocence about Birdie. Mm-hmm. A little bit, which mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't really see with Reggie. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily in this short story. We're, I'm talking about the next three. Yeah. The Reggie in this story was just fine. Yeah. I mean, not my favorite character, but I mean, he suited the story well. Mm-hmm. If if it was a one-off story and the character never appeared again, I would just mm-hmm. say that was a good story. Yeah, yeah. But he's just a guy named Reggie Pepper mm-hmm. who shares the same name with somebody else who appears in other stories. <laughs> yeah. That's not the same Reggie Pepper. Yeah, yeah. Was this... I don't know if you if you said it when you were giving the history. Was this the first Reggie Pepper? This is the first Reggie the Pepper. The first one? Okay. Okay. And uh, the next one is also written in 1911. So it's mm-hmm. not like there was a huge, or it was published in 1911. I'm not sure when sure. it was written. Yeah. There's not like a huge gap between the stories. So for mm-hmm. whatever reason, Woodhouse decided to use the same character, but dumb him down. All right. A lot. Yeah, let's let's talk about the next story. Let's talk about helping Freddie because I have some thoughts. Okay. Um, it's also known as Lines in Business, which is what it's titled in the book that I have. Oh, okay. Interesting. I believe, okay, this, this story is the first time I read about the plan of saving someone from drowning. Yes. It's mentioned in there. It will not be the last time we see that. All right, so let me go over the synopsis. Uh, Reggie's friend, uh, Freddie, gets dissed by Angela, who breaks up their engagement. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't believe they really mention why she broke it up. No, not really. Yeah. Freddie comes to stay with, (laughs) I almost said Bertie, with Reggie (laughs) on the beach. By the way, this will show up later. Uh Uh-huh. As a Jeeves and Worcester story, I believe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It, he rewrites a couple of the Reggie Pepper story. Sure. Uh, I think two or three of them as Jeeves' story, and mm-hmm. one of them as the Mr. Molliner story. Okay. Okay. And there may be another one, but I'm not positive. Hmm. Right. And they are later joined by their friend Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. Reggie sees Angela on the beach with a kid he believes to be her cousin. Mm-hmm. He decides that the best thing to do 
is kidnap the kid and have Freddy rescue, quote unquote, him. Only it turns out the kid is not her cousin, just some kid she met on the beach. <laughs> Reggie takes the kid to try to find his parents and finally finds his father who won't let him in because the family has the mumps and doesn't want to give it to the kid. Mm-hmm. The family decides, since they know Reggie's uncle, that they can trust him, which yep. was a horrible mistake. <laughs> so they let Reggie take the kid. Uh, Jimmy and Reggie try to get the kid to learn to say, kiss Freddy, mm-hmm. when Angela sees the kid. But Angela comes over before they can clue Freddy in on the plan. <laughs> the kid says it, and Freddy doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Reggie has to explain to Angela what the plan was. And then Freddie and Angela actually end up embracing. Yeah. Yeah. They get back together. They get back together. Yeah. Um, Jimmy's also like a playwright, which is. Yeah. They uh, were basically rehearsing the kid to do this. They were conditioning Uh, the kid. Bribing him with candy. They were giving him candy every time he said "kiss me" or "kiss Freddy." You, they were conditioning the kid. <laughs> yes, um, and, and I, I'm gonna let you say it, but yes, kidnapping mm, is bad. Story plot <laughs> is used much more often in Woodhouse than, than, than you, you think. might think. Apparently, I will say, um, okay, good. It's just on the next page. I will say in the paragraph where Reggie is is thinking about this plan and deciding that kidnapping a child should be a key part of his plan to get Freddie and Angela back together. Next to that paragraph, I just wrote WTF. <laughs> that was my note. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, why, why, why is this your first and only plan? Yeah. I I will also say, because I'm on this page, there is another mention of an imitation of cats fighting. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did see that this is where it was brought up. I I think this story occurred before something fresh, so okay. it was here first. I don't know if it appears in any of his other earlier works, but yeah. This is also um one of the first children that mm-hmm. I remember seeing. Yeah. And like with most children in Woodhouse, an absolute terror that. Oh, yeah. He, he just. You might wish somebody awful. would kidnap. <laughs> yeah. He just sounds like really awful. Um, he's not described well. <laughs> I, I don't think Woodhouse liked many children, just based on. <laughs> how he describes most children in his books. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I think there's only two in this collection and neither of them are really super awesome. Yeah. Children under the age of like 10 or so and ants Mm -hmm. generally (laughs) not people you're going to like. And like I said, it does get, Mm -hmm. I think rewritten. I'm not positive about that, Mm -hmm. but I will say, I do know that, the kidnapping thing does come up quite a bit. 
Hold on. And I want to be clear in case it's not obvious from our reactions that we don't condone kidnapping to feature in any matchmaking plans. If you want to attract a lover, <laughs> kidnapping should not be one of the options that you decide to go with. Yeah, maybe, maybe just buy them chocolate. Flowers or chocolate first. Yeah. I, I would even like say before you kidnap, push somebody in the water and pretend to save them. That's a better option than kidnapping. I oh, I will agree with that. But I, I'm I, not saying that you should do that either. But yes, I would in general recommend sticking to flowers them, or chocolates. <laughs> if you're ranking them, saving, saving from drowning is above kidnapping. Yes. I just wanted to be very clear about that. For, for everybody... Don't do either of those. Don't, yeah, don't. There are so many better do not options. Do either of those. Do not come away from this podcast saying <laughs> Scott told me <laughs> to push somebody in the water and save them from drowning. Do not do that. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> That's a no. Anywho, That's a regularly scheduled program. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to be very clear. Um, like, I yeah, but I. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think. You're you're right when you when you mentioned that you know the Reggie in this story is very different from the Reggie in the previous story. Oh, this Reggie is. I want to believe that the the previous Reggie would not have jumped to kidnapping. I mean, and then forcing said child even to comparing him to other Woodhouse characters <laughs> who brought up the kidnapping thing. He's cool, <laughs> super dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean I mean <laughs> there's a there's another book where there's a kidnapping scheme with a child that's been in another book who has been kidnapped before and the child gets in on the kidnapping scheme and takes a cut. So <laughs> you do have to remember this was written in the early 1900s and well kidnapping is never good i'm just i'm like was kidnapping more zany back then uh, well i mean people punched cops and only got like 30 days in, in jail so it was I, a different I, time i guess <laughs> All right. um, uh, okay uh did you have any other questions about this or anything else to say no no, I don't. Not on this one. I had a lot in the next one. <laughs> I gotta be, to be honest. Um, I think that this is my least favorite Reggie story that I've read. I would agree I've, with that. I've only read the four in the in, in this book. Yeah, but of these four, I'm just like. I mean, not only is the Reggie different than the previous story, but I don't like any character in the story yeah i i would agree with that i think that the only character i liked was angela <laughs> because all the I, the all the men like reggie freddie jamie again with all the e nicknames they're all just so over the top and i think that makes it really hard for me to like have a, a fondness for them whereas like compared to like birdie like he, 
he's a lovable idiot, but he's not, you know, someone that keeps like repeatedly walking on a rake and getting hit in the face with the handle of it, which is what I felt like those three men were doing. I'm just thinking, I think there may be somebody, I don't think it's necessarily pretty, but somebody who actually steps on a rake in a Woodhouse book. I, I know uh, there was there was an illusion to that in this collection of short story. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of, of like, I and that's part of the reason it was in my head. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Angela's fine, but she doesn't really have any agency in here. She's she just... Doesn't. She's a plot yeah. point. Yeah, she's yeah. a plot point. But to me, so, she felt the most, she felt like the most realistic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I kind of wish if we had just known a little bit more about her, like why sure. she dumped Freddie, although I, I don't necessarily blame her, but it would have been nice to know why. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, did we want to move on to the next story or yeah. do we want to bitch about this one anymore? <laughs> no, we, we can move on to rallying around old George. Okay, uh, rallying around. Rallying Round Old George uh, was written or published in 1912. Reggie's friend George uh, is engaged to Stella Vanderlei. Uh, oh, he gets engaged to Stella Vanderlei, but gets so excited that afterwards he feels the need to kiss something and ends up being the maid, Emma Pillbeam. Stella sees this and immediately breaks off the engagement. Understandably. Yes. Reggie wakes up to find his valet Voles in a loud argument with Miss Pillbeam. So it turned the two of them were engaged and have just ended the engagement because of a kiss. A man comes looking for George and Reggie goes to find George who is hiding. It turns out that George got hammered after the engagement broke and he remembers getting into some sort of fight, but doesn't remember exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. He's afraid he's murdered someone. <laughs> He should have realized he was in a Woodhouse novel and people do not get murdered in Woodhouse novels. Or stories. (laughs) Then he opens a letter from his uncle who says his twin brother has come to England and that means George's inheritance will need to be split. Reggie and George confer and decide to have George pretend to be his brother. I wrote Albert. Is it Albert or Alfred? Um, I... I think it's Alfred, but I could be wrong. I had Andrew in my head, which I, I'm fairly certain <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> but pretended to be his brother. So Alfred. Man, Alfred, okay. So the man uh, searching for him doesn't grab George. Uh, they base the identity on Alfred's mole, which is actually George's, but of the people on the ship, only Reggie has seen it. Vows overhears this though and uh basically blackmails them for 200 pounds mm-hmm. turns out that the uncle gambled away george's money and made up the brother and that george had actually saved the count who is the man that was there he worked for the count and the count wants to reward him mm-hmm. george and Stella get back together and miss pilbeam and voles who had gone gambling and earned quite a bit of money and who Pillbeam had thought might kill himself got back together. Reggie fires Voles who was going to quit anyway. I, I gotta be honest did not like the story. I could see that. I thought it was I thought it was fine. It was it was a comedy errors uh, yeah. story. 
Yeah. I, I think Reggie in this one is smarter than in the previous story, but nowhere near as smart as an absent treatment. Yeah. Oh, so so speaking of, of you know, murder and how that doesn't really happen in Woodhouse novels. I another language thing, and, and this is me maybe being nitpicky. In the scene at breakfast where they're finding out that the, the count was attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're on this like yacht or something. Yeah. They're on, they're on a yacht and a bunch of different characters who mm-hmm. Don't really stick out. Don't really stick. They all blend together. But they're they, yeah. so they find out that the count had been attacked, and it literally says, "Let me see if I can get the beginning of the sentence." It literally says, "His Serene Highness, the Prince of Saxburg Leibnitz, um, <laughs> had been murderously assaulted in the dark street," and then later. At the end of that paragraph, it says he still lay unconscious. And so when I read murderously assaulted, I thought he was murdered. <laughs> and, and so I'm just like, I literally underlined it and wrote, that's misleading because it yeah. is. He was not yeah. murdered. He was seriously assaulted, <laughs> but he wasn't but, murdered. You also have to remember it's written in first person point of view. So. I mean, I, I feel like you're trying to make an excuse for it. I don't know. That that was just something that, that bothered me because I'm just like, but that's not what happened. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's a nitpicky thing. It bothered me though. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I, I think the thing is, except for absent treatment, mm-hmm. I just don't like Reggie Pepper stories. And yeah. maybe Woodhouse didn't either, which is why <laughs> we got Bird. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I also underlined later in the story when they're when they find out about you know Alfred, quote unquote Alfred, George is is complaining, you know, about the fact that he has this like twin that he he never knew about, which is understandable. But he he says, I call it rotten work, springing unexpected offspring on a fellow at the eleventh hour like this, and I just wrote, "Welcome to a soap opera." You know what the funny thing is, is that this gets, this story gets re- rewritten as the Mr. Molliner story. Mm-hmm. Twin brother actually exists in that story. Great. <laughs> Not to spoil that for you, but that's fine. All this stuff is like a hundred years old, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the discussion, or I guess subtle discussion of like class differences between you know the the serving staff and the people that they were serving because Vols even says when after he overhears Reggie and George talking about this plan with Alfred he says that like am I to understand that because you are rich and I am poor you think that you can buy my self-respect and I I underline that because I'm like ooh. That's a good one. That's a good it one. From a person who otherwise was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was just it was one of those things where I like I read that and I'm like, damn, give a snap after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, like, just between like the Z snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So it's I 
one thing I did appreciate about this, like there's the the class difference and the acknowledgement of that. Mm-hmm. But also, I think Reggie is more existential in this one, which I I actually enjoyed. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Birdie is super existential. <laughs> um, generally, no. Yeah. I again, I just say I, I think Birdie is smarter than readers and he himself necessarily give him credit for. I not a yeah, genius. I agree but... with that. But Reggie has a, a a bit where he's pretty much talking about how you you people go through life just peacefully unaware not expecting anything and then he says life's rate life's waiting around the corner to fetch you one you can't tell when you may be going to get it it's all dashed puzzling and i was just like that's a great way to sum up life ready boy (laughs) i don't necessarily think and again i i'm saying this as somebody who's has read all the Cheese and Worcester stories. I don't think that that would necessarily be totally out of place mm-hmm. with Bertie, particularly later. Sure. Uh, but I mean, yes, at this point in time, yeah, that doesn't really fit with Bertie. Mm-hmm. But I also think it kind of has to do with the fact that I don't think Woodhouse really knows who Reggie is at this time because. Three stories and pretty much three different Reggies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a hundred percent. They're all very different. Like, there's no consistency between with Reggie between the the stories. I would say even in the fourth one. Do Do we have anything else to say about this nope, story? No. All right. Then we move on to doing Clarence a bit of good, which was written in 1913. This was. Rewritten as a Jeeves and Worcester story, Jeeves makes an omelet. Sorry, I had to remember what this the plot was. <laughs> I just I started smiling because I'm like, oh yeah, this plot is fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, so Elizabeth Shulbred, who Reggie had once been engaged to, is now married to Clarence Yardsley. What a name! An artist. She invites Reggie to come to visit. <laughs> It's probably a good thing that Reggie didn't marry her because not one of the most pleasant female characters that would help. Well, no. And and plus, just the, I know you're going to continue reading the the summary, but it's just like, the the balls it has to take to invite your ex-fiance to your new house with your new husband. I'm like, what the hell was she thinking? Um, Reggie's friend Bill is there, as is Elizabeth's father-in-law, who claims to be an artist as well. Well, and also, isn't Bill Elizabeth's brother? Is that it? Could I, be, I, yeah. I think I think that I think so. I may have just kind of blanked out on that one. Yeah. All right. They had dinner in conversation in terms of the topic of art robberies. And it turns out that Elizabeth wants Reggie to steal her father's-in-law's painting because it is affecting Clarence as an artist. She tried to get Bill to do it, but he refused. And since Reggie had once said he'd do anything for her, she decided to hold him to it. 
That's what I mean when I said this girl's got balls. I mean, he said that when they were engaged. When I don't they were think engaged. That's something that you can necessarily hold. Yeah, you can't hold that over someone's After head. You married somebody else. Yeah, I was like, I remember reading that part, and I just like, I stopped and I looked up, and I'm like, holy crap. Also, <laughs> I don't quite understand why she couldn't just have done this herself. Well, because women don't steal. We covered that in something fresh, Dad. Uh, well, I think that that novel proved that women should be able to steal. But Joan wasn't the one who stole. But she would have. <laughs> anyway, no, I I agree. Like it's such a it's just such a stupid plan, and she could have just done it herself without manipulating. Yeah. So uh, Elizabeth wants him to steal for her. Richie attempts to steal it, but is attacked by Bill, who mistook him for a robber and, you know, basically gets knocked out a little. Reggie is slightly disoriented and he cuts the painting out and the two of them go up and slowly burn pieces of the painting. They hear a noise and go downstairs and find the father-in-law stealing his painting back because he misses it so much. He had given it as a gift to them mm -hmm. on their wedding. He was going to blame burglars also. They regret to inform him that it was already stolen, but he shows him the painting that he has is his, and they realize that they had actually burned Clarence's. Mm -hmm. They decide to get away before Elizabeth finds out. And that's how the story ended. I wrote yeah. again, you know, there seems to be no reason why she shouldn't have been able to do this herself. Besides, yeah, she a woman can't do this, but I mean, yeah. Well, um, plus, there just wouldn't be a story if, if she did it herself. <laughs> as a story in itself, the whole mm -hmm. comedy airs thing is funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I didn't like Elizabeth's. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you said was, you'd do anything for me. Yeah, you said yeah. you'd marry me. <laughs> like, isn't that? Oh my god. Yeah. Like I said, the balls on her. But I, I did underline something that that made me giggle a little bit. Where, you know, he meets Clarence, who is Elizabeth's husband, and he has a thought of like, <laughs> what does he? What does he say? Oh, this thought happens whenever you meet the husband of, of your ex-fiance. First of all, when you hear about the marriage, you say to yourself, I wonder what he's like. Then you meet him and think, there must be some mistake. She can't have preferred this to me. And I, I just wrote, in which Reggie is all of us. <laughs> because I've definitely, I've had that thought when meeting an ex's new partner. I'm like, really? <laughs> I think Reggie was the most relatable rel yeah, most relatable in this in the story. Yeah, at, like in ranking of how least annoying Reggie is, mm -hmm. I think it would be absent treatment this one and then the other two. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not really necessarily dumb in this story. No. I mean, his big mistake was because he just got attacked. Um, yeah. Which, like, even the attack is understandable. Bill thought there was literally a burglar. Yeah. And he went in, you know, fist first. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Bill wasn't, like, 
overwhelming with the apologies, but as far as friends go mm-hmm. in these stories, he's still one of the better ones. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I thought this one was a fairly decent one. I, I absent treatment still my favorite mm-hmm. of the Reggie stories that I read, but sure, you know, mm-hmm. I I can understand why Woodhouse moved away from Reggie. Yeah. And landed on Birdie. I definitely understand well, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, considering I mean, it's like 100 years later, you know, still has an impact. Whereas <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever talk about mm-hmm. Reggie Pepper. Yeah. Which, yeah. He's only in seven short stories. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this one? <laughs> um, no. Okay. I'm All right. To, I know I read the, uh, the Jeeves and Worcester version of the story, but I really yeah. can't remember it. Okay. I mean, I, I, I remember the whole like trying to steal the painting thing, but I can't mm-hmm. remember like, what the resolution was or and how Jeeves played a role in it. So mm-hmm. now we're on the Ant and the Sluggard, uh, published in 1916. Birdie's friend, and I will not try to pronounce his first name. I'll just go Rock Meddler. Bertie's friend, Rocky Todd, <laughs> <laughs> is a poet who isn't fond of the city and prefers the country. Mm-hmm. His aunt provides him an allowance on the stipulation that he tore about the city and write her about it as she feels that she's not healthy enough to do so herself. He does not like the city. So he comes to Bertie about it, who goes to Jeeves, who suggests having someone else do the touring and writing of the note. Birdie suggests Jeeves do it, and that works out fine. Jeeves gets to tour the city, and Rocky doesn't have to. Works out fine. The ant shows up at Birdie's, believing that it belongs to Rocky. Jeeves telegrams Rocky, and Birdie moves into a hotel. Well, Rocky and the ant stay at Birdie's place. The ant drags Rocky out every night, which he hates. The ant believes going to uh, New York City is a health cure, and she ends Rocky's allowance, and she will be covering all the expenses. One night, Rocky invites Bertie, and the ant says she now thinks the city is a vile place and wants Rocky to move to the country, which suits him just fine. It turns out that Jeeves, quote-unquote, mistakenly brought her to the orator Jimmy Monday who rants against the evil of the city and she believes that the city is a bad, bad place and does not want her nephew there. You apparently have a lot of thoughts on this story. I hated Rocky. Oh, no. I thought he was a spoiled little piece of crap who couldn't appreciate the sweet ass deal he was being offered to be quite honest yeah he, he and was... instead just chose to complain the entire time not show any appreciation to birdie or jeeves and in fact get mad at birdie when the plan goes awry even though it's all his own damn fault i hated rocky so much there's a there's an alternate summary for you. Because that's what happened. 
<laughs> he he was a little ponce, is what he was. He, he's not the worst. That I find that so hard to believe. Dad, I hated this one so much. <laughs> Did you hate you hated him so much that it made you hate the story, or a little? Like I I thought. I don't know. It's hard for me to separate. Like, if you were to take Rocky out and it was just a story about Jeeves going around New York and writing notes about how much fun it was. And then for some reason, Bertie had to go stay in a hotel. Like, I would probably enjoy that. But that's that's half a story and nothing happens. <laughs> that is a problem that I have with a lot of the Jeeves and Worcester stories is how big a dick some of these people are to Worcester. Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely see that. I, I read the story and I'm like, okay, this is one of the friends that dad was talking about when you yes, said that he I, had crappy friends. Yeah. Um, and I, I think th that's one of the reasons I brought up, hey, is Worcester an unreliable narrator? Now, mm -hmm. I read a story when Jeeves was a narrator, which mm -hmm. gives me another perspective. And like I said, I don't agree that I, I I agree that he's not an unreliable narrator. So what Worcester is is kind of a pushover. Yeah. Worcester is very reluctant to turn away friends or pretty much anybody who needs help. Mm -hmm. Often to his own detriment. Mm -hmm. Which obviously it was here. I mean, he he got kicked out of his own house for like a week. Out of his own house was looked down upon by Rocky's aunt, and I some mean, of his clothes got destroyed. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. It, it's like if his clothes had been like destroyed, and Rocky had said, "I'm really sorry about this." Mm -hmm. but no, Rocky was like pretty much happy that he did. Oh that. yeah. He's like, I'm not going to apologize. In fact, you deserve this. And I'm like, Bernie was just trying to help you. <laughs> oh yeah, I literally, I literally wrote because I'm, I'm flipping pages, looking at, at my notes. I literally wrote, okay, I hate Rocky in the margins. <laughs> it's like literally right after his aunt writes the letter saying, like, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you an allowance to go like tour the city and tell me about it. And Rocky's just like, I won't do it. I can't do it. I'll be hanged if I do it. I'm like, okay, calm down. It's New York City. It's not, like, I understand the hustle and bustle, and it can be overwhelming. I'm not going to deny that. However, it's also, like, one of the best cities in the world with I a mean plethora of things to do. And it is not torture to just go around literally reviewing places. That is my dream job. And to see someone complaining about it so much made me want to punch him. And that's understandable, but I can also see, so see the point of view. It's like, not me, but his point of view, the big city is something I do not enjoy. It's yeah. like, okay, so these people are helping you out. They're helping you. They're making it to where you don't have to do something that you don't enjoy, and you're being a dick about it. I, I'm, the Jeeves and Worcester books are going to be interesting, especially the short story collections. If this is how I react. <laughs> because I think the three previous stories were more, 
uncommon than what this story is as far mm-hmm. as the type of people Birdie encounters and how they react to his help. Yeah. If, if that impacts your enjoyment of the story, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, obviously, we'll see. Because <laughs> I, I have talked to you about the books as I've read them before, not in detail, but yeah. we often discuss books that we're reading. And yeah. I have like expressed like so annoying these. Yeah. Because I, when I read the Woodhouse books, I read a lot of them in a row. So you mm-hmm. get all of what Woodhouse does. And a lot of what Woodhouse does is kind of <laughs> pile on Birdie so much. <laughs> I just, I felt so bad for him. He was just trying to help and he just kept getting kicked. <laughs> yeah. Birdie's friends are not the best. Although I do, I do have a question for you. Yes. Speaking of his friends, because partway through the story, he is corresponding to a friend of his back in London mm-hmm. with the name of Freddie. And I'm wondering if it's Freddie Thorne, what's his face from Blanding Castle? Because there's no, there's no last name. I don't think so. I will say that Freddie is a pretty common name in Woodhouse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and what did you call him? It's Threepgood. I think you called him. Is Threepgood. it Threepgood? Okay. Yeah, I I know I know the the the, the was there, but yeah. I... <laughs> um, no, honestly, I don't think so. Just for the simple fact that Bertie doesn't really appear in a lot of other mm. short stories or novels outside of the Jeeves. Okay. He, okay. He's mentioned a few times, but I do not recall him being mentioned at all like in the Blanding's Castle novels. So, what? Sorry, I found another thing that I underlined with a, a lot of question marks underneath it. Okay. Um, Okay, so I mentioned my YouTube channel earlier, and part of my thing is that I really love reading queer romances, and this is another language thing. Uh, Okay. Obviously, over time, the word gay has uh, changed its meaning. (laughs) Yeah. Gay's not an uncommon word in Woodhouse, yeah. And and I didn't bat an eye at that, because I'm I'm very aware. However, (laughs) some of the word choices outside of that are very interesting, and someone who is used to reading queer romances is going to look at a certain sentence, which I'm, I will read for you in a second, okay. and just be yeah. like, um, come again. <laughs> so, this is this is the sentence. And it's, it's referring to uh, Rocky's aunt. I suppose she thinks I'm someone who hangs about here, touching Mr. Todd for free meals and borrowing his shirts. What sort of touching are you doing? Like I, I, I know what he meant, but I can't help but think I'm like, oh my! <laughs> I, I think you just have a dirty mind because I mean, that's I, I read that and I, I, I knew what he meant. I mean, obviously, it's like I, I'm also someone that like even outside of reading a ton of queer romances, that like if there are two male characters and interesting word choices, I'm gonna ship them together. While I don't ship Rocky with anyone. I think he should go to the ocean. 
I, I, I can't I, think, I can't help it. That's how my mind works. <laughs> I think Rocky should have a long and loving relationship with his worms. I agree with that. He can have his worms. <laughs> One of my other notes is uh oh when Birdie is leaving to go stay at the hotel, um <laughs> because he's been kicked out of his own apartment. Uh I just wrote Wooster is a really good friend. <laughs> he is. He's See, a really good friend. Worcester is a good guy. I mean. And then in another, literally two pages later, next to, next to Rocky's name, I just wrote Dick! Exclamation <laughs> point. Yeah. Well, one of the things I was going to do, like, let's rank Birdie's friends on a scale of 1 to 100. Can I go into what? negatives? <laughs> well, I, I was going to say 100 is like the worst. Oh, uh, hold on. I'm not done looking through my notes yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still looking through notes. So, okay. So there's another part where Rocky is talking to Birdie. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's when Rocky and his, his aunt have run into Birdie at a club. And Rocky's trying to get Birdie to, to join them to take some pressure off of himself. And Rocky says, literally, Birdie, old scout. We're, we've always been pals, haven't we? I mean, you know I do you a good turn if you ask me. And I wrote, literally, I spelled it out. I wrote, Psh, there's no way Rocky would do anything for Birdie. Now, Rocky, I, I, he was mentioned in one mm-hmm. of the previous stories. Yes. Where, yes. what was it? Was it Bobby? When Mahdi was staying with him. Oh, it was Mahdi, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he went to stay with Rocky for a little bit but other than that i don't believe that rocky is brought up again in any of the jeeves stories good also got to remember they're in the u.s right now and eventually birdie's gonna go back to england so yeah okay those um, are all my notes (laughs) half of them were just calling rocky a dick (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still enjoyed the short story. Um, I, I think it's just like, as you pointed out earlier, that Birdie reminds you of me. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's one of those things where, like, I could really empathize with Birdie in this situation of being taken advantage of, like, so intensely. And I was, I was, I was feeling for him a lot. Where, like, if Birdie was my friend and I saw this happening, I, I would literally want to punch Rocky. Yeah, and so that not, that did affect my enjoyment of the story a little bit because I was so defensive. <laughs> and and I think part of it is that when I read the uh, the Jeeves books before, mm-hmm. I read them in order. So this was one of the first short stories I read, mm-hmm. and then I haven't read any Jeeves stories for a like three or four months now mm-hmm. so i'm back fresh and i'm not reading them all in a row so i'm not quite as angry about it as <laughs> i probably would have been sure if i had, you know i also know it gets worse there are worse friends coming because <laughs> okay i'm like when i was saying ranking birdies friends on a scale to one to 100 mm-hmm. i would say corky probably like a 25 bicky 20 is wait is one good or is 100 good we're, we're, uh, this is basically from 
one pal to 100 uber dickhead. Oh, okay. Okay. So not like grading. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. I had Marty on here, even though he's not really a friend. I'd probably say like a 50, mainly because he's not really a friend. So I, I agree with that for Marty. For Rocky, I have 75. No, he he's I'm I'm gonna say like I, I hear you. I hear you when he says that there's worse. I'm gonna put him at 90. <laughs> I'm pointing out that the scale only goes to 100. I'm going to put him at 90. There's no, for this one, 104. No, it stops at 100. I I hear you. So when you run into one and you're going like. That's why I left myself nine other spots. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel comfortable with 75 for Rocky. Also, as I said, Rocky only really appears in this story. Yeah. yeah. There are other ones that I rank higher who appear in multiple stories mm, yeah but i i would put i agree with monday at 50 um i said corky 25 okay the other one was bobby bicky 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 he he was the he was the one who wouldn't take, take money. money yeah i i would put i would put bicky at probably like a like a 17 or something I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, but, but I agree. I agree with Corky mid twenties. Yeah, I I'm just thinking of a few characters. That I was like, well, I can't wait till Robin meets those characters, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see if you'll be going like, Father, I'd like to amend my previous ranking. I'd, I'd like to uh, retract a statement. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I don't know. Maybe just because that was the first one of of birdie being treated so horribly maybe the next one yeah. won't be as much we'll see but we'll have we'll I just have to say, see i have a male character i hate the most in woodhouse <laughs> and a female character i hate the most in woodhouse mm-hmm. the male character is in the blanding's castle series Okay. You've not met him yet. Okay. And the female character is in Jeeves. Okay. Is it Aunt Agatha? No. Oh, okay. Aunt Agatha is not a pleasant person, but I think it works within the scope of the story. Oh, okay. And I'm also saying that, and this is not a huge spoiler, but Mm -hmm. she appears in the short stories, does not really appear in the novels. Okay she's mentioned but there's mm-hmm. a different aunt that appears in the novels and she's mm-hmm. nicer okay as ants go she's very nice as oh, okay. ants go yeah in <laughs> um, <laughs> woodhouse with this thing about ants oh okay so i know we need to we're probably going to start wrapping up soon but yes i did notice i i didn't see any use of austere in... i i did not track it but i believe there was at least one use of austerely okay i i believe it was in one of the reggie pepper stories okay it was something that did not latch in my brain but i i i can 
because I do have these on Kindle. I can see if I can search for. <laughs> yeah, because it, it was one of those things where it just occurred to me that I'm like, oh, I didn't really note it. Oh, God. I'm going to search for austere and it's going to be like, dude, there's so much. <laughs> it's still searching, but I've hit 45 already. Oh, and that's just across your entire like Kindle, right? No, that's just in this one book. It's it's a it's a Woodhouse collection, so it's many novels. Oh, in it. oh okay. <laughs> oh, is it done? Well, that was. No, I expected more of that. Okay. Well, I will make sure to keep track from mm -hmm. now on. I believe it was in there, but it's quite possible that it may not have been. It may be before he just decided to just whip in in there <laughs> like they were D's and ands. Yeah, it, it might be before he discovered the the loveliness of the word austere. Yeah, that was what's the name of the collection? <laughs> my man DG Woodhouse, uh, mm -hmm. which is four of the first uh Jeeves stories, not counting extricating Gussie, which I do not count it as a Jeeves story because Jeeves doesn't really play a part in that. Mm -hmm. and, Four of the seven Reggie Pepper stories. Future <clears throat> Jeeves collections that we will do will at least the next, I think, I think there's three short story collections that come after this one before he really starts doing novels. Mm -hmm. They will all be Jeeves stories in there. Okay. Not the next one, which is the inimitable, inimitable Jeeves, uh, but the one after that, Carry On Jeeves, actually has rewritings of some of the stories that are in here. Okay, okay. I We may or may not go over them depending on mm -hmm. if they're just included or if they're actual rewrites with significant changes. Sure, yeah. Um, but the next book we're reading is Hot Water, which is, I believe it's set in France. I think so. Um, and it is a bit of a farce novel. I I will say I really enjoyed it. Okay. There are a few characters in there that will appear in other novels, but not knowing anything about them will not mm -hmm. change anything for us. Um, and I believe that that is it. Yeah, I think that's it for us for this episode. Um, but we will be back in three-ish weeks with our commentary on hot water. And we'll see if there are any characters in there that make me write dick many times in the margins. There will be. <laughs> Wonderful. But in a fun way. <laughs> I mean, I do prefer fun dicks, so. No comment. Such a proud father. <laughs> Anywho, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you want to see me talk about other books as well as PG Woodhouse books, my YouTube channel is A Hobbit's Reading List. And I am on Instagram where I review books under the same name, A Hobbit's Reading List. And if you want to see me, you can't. I don't do that. People don't like me talking about books that much, except on this podcast. Thank you. For yes, we appreciate you. 
Please tell your friends. Yes. <laughs> All right. We are going to sign off. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Right ho. I'll be dashed.